I don't like you being a producer of this show, Warren. Okay, I do well, not like it. Okay? I do not like it. I think it's okay? too late now, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I hope we're taping this part. Yeah, we should be taping this. <laughs> Mike, I keep all this in. I hope it's in. This is a great start to a show. Hi again, everybody. It's another episode of Inside Curling. We've done lots of shows for you this week. And uh, uh, God, we've had great guests on. Rachel Holman was was fantastic. What a what a heater that she's on. Um, we come to you today during Christmas and New Year's. Everybody, Merry Christmas. And welcome again to the show. And thank you for tuning in. And our special shows were good. Always uh, joining us is our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Warren Hansen and Kevin Martin. Warren, they didn't go Pete Rose on you. Eh? Say, no, nope, we're going to take you out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you, haven't done, you, never, you haven't done anything wrong yet? <laughs> Not that I've been caught hot anyway. Okay. Uh, I want to thank all our sponsors. Uh, we really appreciate them. Jackpot City, who brings you what is happening around the curling world. Coyote Tractor, the sponsor of Hot Rock Topics. And Goldline, who brings you in the house. And, of course, Hearing Life had jumped on board a while ago. Joining us today, Rob Falls from Sportsnet and Ted Wyman from Post Media to straighten everybody out. Although the curling season is only sort of halfway, this is the end of the calendar year. And so we thought we'd bring on a couple of guys who really know what they're talking about. Why, who else are the guests then? Don't make a mistake, okay, Rob? Do not make a mistake, otherwise you're yesterday's news. <laughs> Welcome, Rob Falls from Sportsnet and Ted Wyman from Winnipeg. Uh, Ted, we were just talking about your Winnipeg Jets. They're the real, I'm going to place a bet. I better get a good return for them winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> well, I, I have said this to many people. I want to wait and see how they do in the new year because they were a really good team last year at this time too. They were a first place team. Everybody was starting to talk about them in the conversation for the Stanley Cup and then they just disappeared in the second half, fell to eighth, ended up losing in the first round. I think this is a much better team than that was last year, but they got to prove it by continuing it throughout the whole season. That a boy, Ted. That a boy laying it down. Yeah. You're going to ask me about my Montreal Canadiens then? Pipe down, Rob. Okay. Well, <laughs> 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 there's no leaf talk there's no montreal canadians talk uh by the way we're uh, we're going to spend a few minutes with you guys and then uh coming up right after joel retornis is coming on and uh because he hasn't been playing very well so so we need we need to help him along okay i think i'll take joel retornis to win anything anywhere at, at any time in the house is brought to you by goldline Goldline's Curling's Momentum shoes are unbelievably comfortable with a fast, reliable slider and a gripper that will keep you steady on the ice. Learn more at goldlinecurling.com. So let's get to it, boys. I guess this will be the uh, the year in review, the goods, the bads, the the, the well done, the not so successful. Uh, who gets a bouquet? Ted, I guess first what I'd like to ask you is, because uh, the boy, we got a lot of stuff we want to go through with you guys. Uh, when we look at a year in review so far and a bit of last year's season and what started this year, what, what's the vibe from the players, Ted? Is there, is there any scoops? Are they, are they liking things? Are they not liking things? Uh, what's your take on all that? I'm going to go with the words that I got from Mike McEwen when I asked him that very same question. And what he said was, basically, I'm now paraphrasing, it's a good start but we still need to see more. And when I say that, he's talking about 
changes at the high performance job with David Murdoch coming in and, and uh, bringing some new ideas to Curling Canada. He's talking about Laura Walker being named to the Board of Governors of Curling Canada and having an athlete voice on there. And he's talking about basically the athletes themselves just having more of a voice in general in terms of how things are done in curling at all the various levels. And, you know, he said, we've got a long way still to go, but there's been some promising um, developments and they happened in this calendar year. You've been covering curling a long time. What do you say? Do you think, do you think they're making strides? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I said to you guys before we came on that I think we may look back uh, years from now at 2023 as a year that was kind of momentous in terms of the shift in Canadian curling because something needed to change. They haven't been winning at the highest levels. Um, you know, medals, yeah, but not gold medals. Not very right. many of them in the la- in, in quite a while, especially not in the men's and women's game. And and the basically everybody's been talking about what needs to change to try to bring that um, you know, to, to change that, to, to have Canada get back towards the top. And I think there have been some steps that are working towards that. I think bringing in David Murdoch is part of that. I think using some of the ideas that have been used by European teams in terms of training, other countries in terms of training uh, and whatnot are going to be advantageous to Canada down the road. That's why I say it's just a start now. But maybe if things do turn around, we look back at what was done in 2023 and say, that's where it got started. Well, you've answered every question, Ted. We can go now. Thanks for joining us, fellas. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Falsey, you got to pick two or three things that stick out. Well, you started right off with uh, that team from Italy. That that has been remarkable. They made their breakthrough in October of last year. And you thought, okay, this is nice to see. It's great to see this team. This guy's been around for a long time, was at three Olympics. He, he's been there. He, he's done the work for Italy, you know, carried the water for them. And that was nice. It was a nice story back then. And then they come out of the gate and they win the first event. You go, okay, it's a, it's a, that's a pretty good story. Then they win the second event. Then they win the third event. You're, everybody's now going, okay, what kind of wine are they drinking? And can we import it? Because <laughs> yeah, right. even when they look like they're in trouble, they're not in trouble. And Kevin and I looked at each other a couple times in the booth at the last event and kind of went, they did it again. How did they do that? They're just strong as a team. I think that's been the most remarkable story. You know, you don't think of Italy as a curling country, do you? When you go through, let's say, okay, name the curling countries. Is Italy on your top five? I would say no. But now all of a sudden they have to be. They have forced themselves into the top five. Now, can they hold this? As they get ready to host their own Olympics, that will be the interesting story. But I don't know. This is a runaway freight train, and I don't see Denzel Washington around to try to slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Italy is in the top one. Never mind the top five. Uh, we got to bring in our two pundits, and uh, uh, Kevin and Warren. And uh, if you guys want to jump in at any time, just throw your hands up. Okay, and uh, fact check Warren, would you? Okay. <laughs> over to Martintino. Speak of, it's, it's an Italian theme. Yeah, over to Kevin Martintino. <laughs> hey, Falsey and, and, and Ted. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on, you guys, and taking the time right before Christmas. But first, Falsey, um, with you, yeah, that's absolutely truth. That uh, last uh, event, we, we'd look over at each other, go some of the shots. The intern tap after that incredible draw was made to the back forefoot, completely lost. 
and they make the tap for two, an impossible shot. Um, do you think, though, Rob, that the strength of the of Sebastiano and Amos um, is going to change the game, not just in Italy, but around the globe as far as having that strength on both sides, not just on one person, but on both, to be able to manipulate the stone? Because you can't have, in my opinion, you can't have one team like Italy uh, being able to manipulate the rock like crazy and then other teams around the globe Maybe not as much. It's a copycat sport. What works is going to work. And now there's going to be you know, countries going, okay, let's go find a couple of trees, cut them down, and we'll <laughs> use them as sweepers. Um, that's, that's going to be the interesting one. I, I, you saw it in hockey. Hockey became a copycat league with the neutral zone trap. And then uh, baseball with the shift. And everybody did the shift. And now I have to think that way, Kevin, that with the strength that they have in the middle uh, – and, and, you know, and even though Mozana is throwing the third rock, he's still there on the broom. You're going to have to have guys who can do that. And then it allows the skip a measure of confidence that I don't think anybody's ever seen before. And that is what Return As has right now. A level of confidence that he goes, looks at it, goes, we're going to make this. And, and even that last draw, he there was never, a, nothing even crossed his mind that there was a doubt he was going to make that last draw to win against Ross White. And and I think um, that is just part and parcel with the way the team is built. So this this segues nicely, Ted, um, to your discussion about, you know, in Canada, what are we going to do? So you've got the uh, the Italians who, uh, just a quick story. So Karik, uh, at the last event, just went down to have a workout. And uh, Mazzana was already in the gym, already sweated up. Karik has no idea how long he was there already. So Karik worked out for an hour and a half, just an hour and a half workout, and then he left, and he went and hit the hot tub for a little bit, changed, and then he was going for breakfast. So this is a lot more time spent. He walked by the gym. He was still in there working out. So you know, how many hours would that have been? Was it was a three, four-hour workout um, on that one. And that's during an event, right? So these guys are in phenomenal shape, Ted. But you know, we're, we're seeing what are we going to do about curling in Canada, and can we copy these things? Well, our country is quite big, and and do we? In your mind, do we have um, training centers where maybe young people train at these individual tra- – because we can't have one training center in our country. It's, it's, it's too many hours to fly. So I guess how do you see it um, working, I guess, is to be able to compete with these guys that are that are doing it every single day, 365 a year. So that's a bit of an uphill climb. And that's – my understanding is that's part of David Murdoch's strategy is to have – things like that. But I mean, that takes a while to implement, doesn't it? And, and I mean, I think that he's been doing some camps and things like that, trying to be mobile with it and and, and making that work. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just telling you what I've heard from curlers and from, um, you know, from David himself about ideas that they have. It, it's not possible to exactly emulate the model that these European teams have, because return has becomes great because he is the top guy in Italy. And he's the guy that comes to every Grand Slam event. And he plays against the best teams all the time. And he plays a ton of games every year. And he's got these great sweepers, as you mentioned. And they get, you know, they, they, they're they always in big situations and they do well. And, for, and in Canada, you have to work so much harder just to get to those big situations. And I feel like sometimes it becomes a, an issue of, of if if someone has worked through um, the entire fall season to get points in order to get into the briar, in order to go and slug it out and try to win the briar, 
and then a couple of weeks later, you go to the Worlds, and are you are you actually rested and ready for that, or are you kind of like weary from that battle all the way through? And you're going against somebody who, you know, return as his season. I don't think after the Slam in January, he won't have much going on until the Worlds, and they'll have played a ton of games before that, and then they'll get in there and they'll be absolutely ready, and they're already the top team in the world. And this happened for years with Nicholas Adin's team. So I wanted to tell a quick story too. Mozaner, I believe that's how you say it. I hear you guys saying that. He, he of course, won a mixed doubles gold medal at the Olympics in uh, in Beijing with uh, Stefania Constantini. And it was amazing what happened there when the Italian media started to realize that they had a chance to win a medal in curling. I mean... I had Italian media on either side of me on the bench, and they're asking me, they're getting one guy who spoke the best English to come over and ask me how the game worked. No kidding. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and honestly, uh, it, it really created some excitement. But you could tell that he not only has that great sweeping game, but he's got great skill as well. And uh, that means a lot. And I think that's a big part of why those guys are so good right now. So let's go back to Canada for a minute. <laughs> So we've talked about uh, the challenges to some degree, the Canadian teams, but uh, the elephant in the room is still a system that we're using to determine a Canadian representative. And I guess to some degree that spills over to the Olympics because of the way we've been doing things up until now, we are more or less suggesting all four players have to come from basically the same province with all kinds of things bent one way and another, but that still hangs there, except we've made a little change this year. We're now virtually saying in the Scotties four teams, Briar and Scotties don't have to come through the process. And I guess if they chose to go that route at the start of the year, they don't all have to come from the same province or, I guess, in a simple term, meet the residency rules. I guess it's a start, but I'll throw this to Rob. Do you think it's far enough? I'm of the opinion that uh, this will probably happen gradually. After the 26 Olympics, I'm saying the Briar and Scotties will go to 20 teams. We'll then have six teams that will come from the CTRS without restriction. But to some degree, you're still going to have 14 teams here that, let's face it, don't have a chance. And I guess you start to say, so what's the point of all this? We touched on it at the end of last season about the way to do this. And, and to be fair, because it's a Canadian championship and you want Canadian representation, it makes it difficult because you don't want to exclude athletes in this country or, or not give them hope that there's an opportunity they can perform at the highest level. But to be realistic, there are some provinces that uh, are not as strong as the big ones. And, and, you know, we could point at Manitoba, Alberta. We could point at Ontario. Uh, and we can point at Newfoundland and Labrador. They're, you know, the strength is coming from those provinces. They still have to work that out. Um, because you hate to have 14 teams warn, go to the, the Scotties or the Briars and, and just be standing around going, well, that was a nice trip. Uh, that was quick uh, and painful. Uh, and where's where's the growth of the game there? Um, yep. And I think that is what we're struggling with now in this country after seeing um, countries have a designated training center and name a team. There it is. There's your team. And because, as Kevin mentioned, we're a big country. Um, the only thing I can liken it to is Tennis Canada now has gone with regional training centers. They have one in Halifax. They have one in Montreal, they have one in Toronto, they have one in Calgary, and I believe they have one in, in Vancouver now. And what that allows them to do is identify athletes there. And, and we've seen 
the rewards. You know, we've seen the Leila Annie Fernandez's, uh, we've seen uh, Denis Shapovalov, Felix Ojeali-Assim. The only thing is that's an individual sport. But if you want four of the best, best athletes, the question is, do you then take the one from Halifax, match them up with one from Manitoba or Calgary at the training center there? There's, you know, how do you deal the cards and shuffle them that way so that Canada has the best team available? I'm not even sure. It makes my head hurt to try to figure out if they can do it. Um, but I think that down the road, that is the way they're going to have to try to do what the European countries are doing. Here's the training center. Here are our best athletes. Make a team. But I don't know if, as you said, I don't think it's going to be until 26 or past that they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. What do you say, Ted? Yeah, I, I was hoping to get a chance to jump in there. And I'll tell you guys, I just did a story on this. But they just had the regional zone playdowns in Manitoba for men's curling. There's a big provincial championship here. 32 teams has been for years. They love having as many people as they can in it. Well, those regional playdowns was 20 zones, and there was a total of 36 teams registered for those 20 zones. That is not how it usually goes in Manitoba. And I talked to a few people, not necessarily current curlers, but like, you know, curling historians and whatnot. And they said they don't think people want to throw their hat in the ring for this because they don't think they can win it. And they sure as heck don't want to go to the briar and get embarrassed because they don't have the ability to go and play with Gushu and, uh, you know, and all of the, you know, and, and Botcher and Dunstone. They don't. So it's already becoming two-tiered, guys. I mean, it's like people have been yes, talking about is. making it two-tiered. Well, it's making itself it two-tiered and they are going towards that. And the, the one thing that I will say, Warren, that I wonder if it might help in that sense, if you do what you're saying about putting six uh, uh, six CTRS teams, maybe if I'm not sure if that includes the defending champion or not, but yep, it would. Yep. Yeah, so you've got six teams that are all already qualified. Now you might have opportunities at the provincial level for six different people to come in and win. And I think about young guys coming up. There's a young team in Manitoba, Ryan Weeb. You know. He's expected to be a challenger for the Manitoba title this year, but he's going to have to play Jacobs. So I don't know if he gets past Jacobs, but maybe in the future, if there's a little bit more, even more teams being added uh, through CTRS, there becomes an opening for those teams to get in there and have a chance to at least go and compete at the Briar. Because I think they're good enough to be competitive. It's just, it's really hard for some people at, uh, you know, at certain levels of curling right now to say, we fit into that because they don't. Well, to some degree, I think it's the reluctance to let go. <laughs> and I get it. I mean, Kevin and I are both Breyer champions, and, and, and we both had that experience and thought a lot of that event. But things have changed. Life has changed. And it's time to look beyond the past. And I think that's the big problem. Nobody wants to look beyond the past. And that's why it's an issue still. First of all, speaking of Manitoba, uh, Jennifer Jones, everyone's like, everyone's sort of waiting around going, is she going to retire? And then she comes out last year and goes, no, 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 I'm going to lead a bunch of young, young kids. Uh, I don't want to give it up. What's, what's the, what's the word on Jennifer Jones, uh, Ted? I talked to her yesterday. She sounds like she's having a blast. She said she's just having the greatest time. She always says, I said to her, Jen, you've always said that. She goes, I know, yeah. I just love curling. Yeah. So, but she's out there with these young kids and she feels revitalized by it. And they're having some success. 
And, uh, you know, Jen's 49. I think she turns 50 next July. But wow. she doesn't seem to have lost any of that passion for the game. And certainly when you're playing with the young guys, I'm, yeah, you've done it, Kevin, right? Where you, you ended up bringing in younger guys for your team. I'm sure that made a difference in terms of extending your career. And, I, and it's working for her. I have no idea. I can't tell you if I have any insight as to when she might hang it up and say she's not into it anymore. But I'll bet you anything it's not going to be before 2026. When she does the occasional game with us, she hasn't even tipped her hand. Unless, Kevin, you've been able to get more info out her than I have. But I get the same thing as Ted said. No, I'm having a great time right now. And I think she wants to run the Olympic cycle and then, and then you know, make a decision then. The other question I have, uh, I'd like to get both of you, your reaction to it. Uh, the the three-man team, three-woman team thing uh, that's come up. And when it started, everyone was like the first time, they were, oh, my God. Oh, they can only go with three guys. They're never going to, they're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed. Well, <laughs> not so much. Kevin and Warren, we were talking last week on, what are we going to do about this? Is it fair? Is it unfair? Uh, Kev even said, you know, it's got to be a lot cheaper if you could go with three guys for some of these teams. Uh, Ted, what, what, what's going on with all that? What's going to happen? Well, I'm a curling reporter, not a curler, so I, I, I want to just make that clear. <laughs> but from my observation of what's happened when teams have played with three, they seem to be quite successful. So I've certainly brought up the question with, uh, with Curling Canada and with a few other people as to whether if there's some sort of an advantage to playing with three, why would that be allowed? Um, so, I mean, I do understand in some cases it's been because of injury in Gushu's situation in the Briar, it was because one of their players had COVID, but they didn't have anyone else with them. You know, there's a lot of, of factors that go into that, but I do think it might be something that has to be looked at. I mean, if, if more and more teams start doing it and find success, it's kind of not really the purity of the game, is it? What do you say, Falsy? I like the four person game. I, I, I think it was designed for four. Uh, there's a certain symmetry to it. Everybody throws two rocks, uh, you throw them up and back. Um, however, you're right. Uh, you know, Canada, we saw a team win the, the Briar with three. Maybe it is an unfair advantage because you, once you get in a groove, if you get in a groove and you're throwing three rocks and you're throwing them well, and we've noticed that we've seen a lot of times one sweeper doing the job. However, I, I just, I like the four person game. I can't, I can't see it going that way. Uh, I know that Kevin and I talked about it on the air last week uh, at the at our last event, but uh, I, you know, I'm just a fan of the four person game. I play the four person game. That's what I grew up watching and, and learning to play. But I just like it too much. Another question for you guys before we go. <clears throat> Lots of discussion here the last uh, month or so about blank ends, particularly in social media. What's your opinion about the blank end situation, uh, the way it is at the moment, Falsey? Well, if you can't if you can't build an end, I guess you should blank it. Um, I'd say from a um, from a television point of view, you have a tendency occasionally to kind of nod off. You know, you can feel yourself drifting a little bit into the the ether. Uh, but I understand the need for it. I would love to see more scoring, but you know, isn't that why they put the five rock rule into place? Isn't that why they put the no tick rule into place? Isn't that uh, they keep putting these rules yep. into place to get more scoring? And these guys are so good, they find a way around it, and uh, they're able to blank the end. If you can't generate an end, I guess the, the key is the blanket. These guys are so good, uh, that's part of their arsenal. You know, they've got the, the nice touch game. They can throw the high heat. 
And if they need to, they can get themselves out of a mess of trouble by blanking it in. Um, would I like to see more scoring? Yeah, I guess everybody would because they're going, ooh, ah, and then you get all these terrific shots. But sometimes to get out of a out of an end and you end up with a blank, you got to make yourself a couple pretty good shots. Uh, Ted, before we go then, uh, Rachel Holman, is she the best women's curler right now? And, and like her story is as good as Retornez's story almost. That's the best team right now. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive what they've done. And I actually had a piece just went out today that they have only played 36 games this year. They're 32 and four, which is pretty amazing. But some of the teams they were playing against in this last slam had played as many as many as 81 games. They've only played 36. That's really working for them. I talked to Emma Miskew about right. it, and she was talking about how you know the 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 lighter schedule has been so uh, valuable to them. And, and is working so well. Yeah, I just think that that team was formed last year and it took them some time to really get the the right mix with uh, Tracy Fleury, who was calling the game last year. She was throwing third and calling the game. Rachel was throwing four stones. And now Rachel's back calling the game. And Tracy Fleury is obviously an excellent third. Emma and Sarah Wilkes have adjusted into their new roles. All four players were playing slightly different roles last mm-hmm. year. And you can see how that one year has, you know, of, of, of getting used to it has really paid off this year. They're playing so well. It reminds me, honestly, of Carrie Anderson's situation when she formed the four skip team. And their first year, they lost in a wild card. They didn't really, you know, they were, it was a pretty disappointing finish to their year. And I don't think they've lost the final yeah. since. So, I mean, it's it's been not at the Scotties anyway. So um, it, there's always some growing pains. But I th- had a feeling that was going to be a pretty good team when Tracy Fleury joined up. And now we're really seeing how that's worked out. I'll tell you what, I'm waiting for uh, Rachel Holman in a game. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sure this will happen. There'll be the fifth, uh, the fifth end break. Everyone's having a cup of coffee. And, and Rachel's gone into the back to give birth. <laughs> To a child. Yeah, she'll be right back for the sixth end. <laughs> or the sixth end. Boys, uh, before we go, uh, we've got another hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, she'll be right back. Uh, anyways, boys, we got, we've got another interview coming up. Joel Retornez is here, and uh, he wanted to come on and wish you guys a Merry Christmas. How are you, Joel? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? He's on top of the world right now. Number one. Good to see you all. Uh, Rob Falls. Uh, Rob, congratulations! Uh, you're just you just do a hell of a job on the broadcast. You really do. I'm 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 proud to be part of it. When I when you say my name, when you talk about inside curling, but you guys are doing a great job. T- Ted, thanks a lot for all your coverage on it. We really appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we'll see you in January. Take it easy, fellas. And it's a real honor to be with you guys. Uh, a bunch of legends in my mind. So thanks very much. That a boy, Ted. That a boy. With me, the curling world's nowhere. Yeah. See you, boys. Thanks, boys. Take it easy. Happy New Year, all. Happy New Year. Okay, uh, if you're a fan of inside curling, probably not always because of us. It's probably because of us constantly having on the best curlers in the world. We've done it week in, week out, and uh, today is no exception. I'll bring our guest on in a second. Hot Rock Topics would normally be one of our segments on the show, but this is a special show. Uh, We would like to recognize as a sponsor for the entire season, also Coyote Tractor uh, and uh, Hearing Life. 
uh, and Jackpot City. So we appreciate that. On the on the phone right now, I don't know what time it is over there. We are joined by the best curler in the world by a long shot right now, Joel Retornas. How are you, Joel? I'm good. I'm good. It's quite late here. It's uh, seven minutes past midnight, but I'm happy to to be with you guys and have a talk with you. Well, we appreciate it. Someone told me they don't have Santa Claus in Italy. Is that true? <laughs> it's we are Santa Claus now for Italians. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, we bring presents to Italians. Your, your team we bring, is. We bring slams to Italians. Yeah. We're happy with that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I bet. I bet every Italian fan's like it's the best Christmas gift ever. Joel, how do you sum it up? You've, uh, you, you recently won this past week because you three Grand Slams in a row, and there was only, there was only three up for grabs, and you got them all so far. Um, can you. Put it into perspective, a perspective for us, uh, Joel. How you guys are doing this? It's it's uh, unbelievable. It's above expectations. We we knew we were a good team. We know we're a good team, and uh, we we know we can be successful. But we didn't expect to win all three slams this season. So we're really really happy about what what's happening and super excited. But uh, we were we were talking with the team after the first slam in Niagara Falls, and we said, wow. We won another slam because we won our first slam last season, and we were like, "Oh, we won another slam." It, it's re- it was really fast to win another slam for us in the beginning of the season after one we won uh, last de- in December 2022, and after that discussion, we won two more slams. So we're sitting now today, and uh, we are four times uh, slam champions, and uh, we couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be more proud of my team and of uh, what we achieved so far. Um, is it, is it something other than just skill? Like sometimes you hear it a lot in sports about momentum. And when you ask guys like yourself who, who lead teams, you know, to say, put your finger on it. And, and oftentimes you'll hear guys go, I, I, I don't know, but we're just really clicking, man. And there's, we got old man momentum going. Is, is that the case with you guys as well? We, we're definitely a better team than we were two years ago, but I wouldn't say that we are that better that. Today we win slams, and two years ago we were not even qualified for slams. We're a little bit better, for sure. We know we're better, we're performing better, but we were still good players a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't have that extra little thing that, that that was still missing a couple of years ago. Now we have it, and uh, we're one of the best teams in the world. We're ranked number one now. So uh, some things change, of course, and it seems like every pieces are going together now, and we are achieving something very important, but... Of course, we're a bit better than we used to be, but uh, it's not like all of a sudden we became like uh, top curlers that we were not a couple of years ago. I don't right. know if I'm if you understand what I mean. I do. I totally do. Yeah, Kevin. The first time you won the slam and you came on, and you've got this brilliant wall that's behind you, and we'll put it on social media so everybody can see what what we're talking about here. But you've got empty frames which look great, and I asked you what what's up with the empty frames, and you said <laughs> you said said well. I intend to fill them with Grand Slam Championship trophy. Uh, and and uh, so we all had a ha-ha-ha. <laughs> but here we are. That was last December. That was only one year ago that we had that talk. And behind you, so everybody's going to be able to tell on social media when, when Rod puts it out all over the place, you should really scare all the other men's curling teams in the world because behind you, you've got nine empty frames. Well, now you have filled four of them, but there's still five to go. I think of that a lot when, because we just laughed about it after you won the first one, right? Like, oh, well, I'm just going to fill them all. Well, 
What do you think now? Actually, the wall is bigger <laughs> than you see. So I've started feeling it already. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I said that as a joke. Uh, and I didn't believe that then that I could win four slams in such a short period. Because really, we this is our second season playing the slams. We qualified for the last slam for the players in 2022. So the last slam of the season because uh, Peter de Cruz declined the invitation so we were in but there was only one event in in that season so we we started playing the slams last season for real and uh, this is only our second season and i think winning four slams in in one and a half season basically is like is something very big so i didn't expect that as i said before we're playing well there's not much we can say we 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 know we're playing well and we know we we kind of scare other teams because our performance is strong. And, uh, and what I can say is that we still have room for improvement and we are, we're seeking and searching for excellence every day because we really want to, to be ready and to, to win more and stay number one in the world as, as long as we can. I've got one more question and Warren, you go ahead. Um, you know, uh, we just had Rob Folds on a course and, 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 and him and I talk about this a lot, but it seems like, um, your competitors are, are having to change their strategy somewhat because of your ability to throw the right weight and be able to make tap backs that generally aren't possible. Like you're, you're, The one you made in the final against Ross White, when he came around to the back four foot totally buried, your rock was biting the front four, and you're able to play that in-turn tap and get two. You're the I, I think you know I shouldn't say you're the only team, but I kind of think you're the only team that could have made that particular tap to be able to have a rock come in from the tangent it did with uh, Amosh uh, sweeping. So, do you feel that maybe your uh, team is starting to maybe alter the general strategy of the game? Is it starting to do that, or have you noticed that? I know we're good at chases. I know that uh, we can uh, we can make some very good team shots if we throw the right weight and uh, with our uh, sweeping skills, we can definitely chase lots of stones. When especially when the ice is is kind of swingy, we can go and get every stone. So uh, I know it's it's tough to beat that because uh, anywhere you want to hide, we we can go and get that rock. But uh, it, it works as long as we, we, we throw the right weight and as long as we do the right line calling. But we can also miss. Uh, I, the, the steal we gave up in, uh, in, in six in the final against Ross White, uh, the, the shot was easier than in, in the fourth. But uh, I threw one second too fast. And even with the sweeping, we couldn't carve it enough. And so I hit and rolled to the wrong side of the, the rings and they, they still won. So we, it's, it still goes down to precision in, in throwing the rock the right weight. And, uh, and line calling is super important because if you start carving too early uh, on a swingy ice, uh, you, you lose your rock. So I don't know if teams are going to change their strategy. They, they will definitely try to uh, be more accurate with their stone placement and uh, also guard placement because uh we we know that uh, aggressive rocks and uh, swingy ice and good sweeping uh, can be dangerous for for our opposition but that's what we practice i mean we practice all those kind of shots because those are so important in in modern curling and we practice a lot of those kind of shots rather than uh, than simple hits or simple draws well congratulations joel and a, and a great win great accomplishment uh three in a row is is unbelievable but let's talk about your hat 
So we know the story now of the truck's hack that you wrote roaming around Picto and decided to buy the hat and started wearing it. So if I could offer you a suggestion, your sponsor is Suzuki, that you give them a call. <laughs> remind them to go and take a look at the social media that you got on the truck's hat and to put Suzuki across the top of the front of your hat and to, for you to negotiate a new contract with them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for sure a, a good idea. Uh, you, uh, you, you all know the, 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 the truck's hat story. I mean, there, there's, there was no heating agenda behind it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a random hat that I liked and bought, but yeah. Suzuki is a great a great partner of our federation, so we're super proud to to wear their their right. brand on on our uniforms. And uh, but yeah, that's a good good hint and good idea. I will give them a call for sure. Before you leave this though, um, you know you go to a hat store, okay, and there's a thousand hats that you can pick, okay. You can you can pick anything. Why did you pick that one? I don't know because it seemed like. An, an easy hat to me, like uh, almost nonsense, because why would right. you wear a hat with trucks on it? <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, why not? I mean, let, let's buy it. It seemed cool to me and it was not too expensive either. So I bought it and uh, and here it is. I can wear it for let's you see. if you want. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> I want one of those. I want, I'm gonna, uh, there we go. Yeah. We'll just pretend it's a Suzuki. Yeah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> You keep wearing that hat, pal, because it's working. So, yeah, I it is working. It. I want to ask you about uh, the impact of all this on on the on the country of Italy, and specifically to curling in Italy. Is it is it creating a little bit of a stir about curling in the country? Uh, I think uh, Italian curling, not Italian curling, but people are getting a little bit spoiled in Italy with all the great results we're, we're doing, not only us, but even uh, Amos and Stefania, the Olympics and uh, the mixed doubles yeah. 2022. So like they're expecting a lot and they're, they hope we do uh, good results, which we're, we will try to do our best, of course, but they, they're kind of, oh, now you're the best in the world. We won gold in uh, mixed doubles. So anything different from that would be a deceitment for, <laughs> for Italians. So uh, <laughs> I don't mean that we have a, a lot of pressure, but uh, still they, they, they see the good results, but they don't see what's, what's behind that. Like the hard work and everything. Of course, they, they can imagine that we were practicing a lot, that we're working very hard, that we, we take away time from our families to, to achieve those, those results. But they're kind of thinking that it's going to be easy for us to win the gold in the next Olympics or to, to win again gold in mixed doubles or win worlds. And, and uh, because they think, oh, you're number one in the world. So any, nobody can beat you, but it's not the way it is. Like we know we're number one in the world, but we also know that there are plenty of good teams out there and it's not easy to, to stay for a long time number one in the world. You can have a, a very good season, very good half season like we had. But then you can start losing games and losing confidence, and maybe you're not number one in the world in a couple of months, which we don't hope that will happen. But we know it's possible. So in Italy, like people now, they only think that we're best in the world. We have the best uh, mixed doubles couple, and uh, uh, that uh, it's granted that we will uh, bring medals, and not only medals, that we will we'll bring goals to to them. So <laughs> it's it's not pressure, but it's a little bit. You know, they don't see like. The, the the bigger picture. Let's talk about the 
television end of things. I, we know curling isn't large in Italy. So is there any kind of television coverage or available through stream or people watching it there at all? Starting to more so? There are lots of people who are asking where they can see our games and lots of people are complaining with the national TV for not having the, the curling games on uh, live. Of course, every game streamed in Canada can be watched from uh, from Italy too uh, on internet. So that's no problem with that. And even uh, the, the Grand Slams can be watched on uh, on the international platform. Is a is a paying service, but still, if someone is interested, can can they can watch the games uh, streamed online? National TV and other TVs are still not ready to show curling on TV, even though lots of people are co complaining because they would really would like to to follow our games. But luckily, internet helps a lot nowadays. And uh, if you really want to watch some good games, you, you can find them online. You might have to pay something. Uh, it's not always for free, but uh, luckily, internet helps a lot nowadays. Joel, um We've been speculating over the last several months on the show, even the last couple of years, about, about young teams that are coming up into curling. Uh, you went into that final. Uh, I'd ask Kevin our last show, or what were the chances of Ross White beating you, and uh, is he a long shot? And Kevin said, a huge long shot. Uh, no one gave this kid a chance. Um, so you're the barometer here about other young teams. You're, you're, the, you're the guy whose opinion would, would matter the most. Talk about Ross and some of the other young teams, and are you impressed with them? And I mean, you guys work really hard. All of a sudden, this kid comes along, and you gotta you gotta throw your last stone here to win this event. Um, quite a performance by that young kid. Yeah, I, I think their their chances to win the finals were very close to ours, uh, even though they're a young team and it, it's a slam final. I think they have nothing to lose. They will try to play their their best and they have been playing amazing the, the whole week so they defeated best teams in the world too and they made it to the final uh, so we knew it would have been a, a hard game and uh, you know it doesn't matter if it's your first slam final we won our first slam final last year against team Mowat, which was one of the best teams in the world and uh, i think their motivations were really high but they were facing Last Sunday, they were facing the number one team in the world, and we also were performing very, performing very well for the whole week. So I think we we had similar chances to win that game, and uh, uh, it was down to the last shot. So I think that's the the expectations were were met. What would you be telling young teams who are starting out now and are high are are going to become high performance teams, or they're they're entering that world of high performance? What would you advise them? Sure. I watched the replay of the final the same evening that uh, that we won it when I went back to the hotel. And I, I saw something that really caught my attention. And it was our progression in, in the ranking in the, the last, what, six, seven years, I don't remember. And we started from uh, 155th place in 16, 17, if I remember correctly. And uh, we're now number one team in the world. So what, what I can say to, to young people is like, if you, if you really want it, if you really work for it, if you go hard for it, and if you have goals, anything can happen. You know, uh, who, who would have ever thought about an Italian team to win a Grand Slam? Let's be honest. I don't think anybody would have. Me, me neither. I would have thought about I would not even bet $1 on an Italian team winning a Grand Slam. <laughs> No, I'm honest. 
So, uh, but, but our dedication, our passion, our practice uh, really made it possible. And now we are four times Grand Slam champions. So uh, if I have to give a suggestion to to young team is like, if you really believe in what you're doing and you, you do it with passion, anything can happen. Fantastic. What a response. Uh, that's great. Well, you better regroup, Joel, because things aren't going very well for you. Okay. You better talk to your team. You better <laughs> say, look at boys. Okay. What do we, what do we got to do here? Joel, be honest. Are you looking at this now going, hey, boys, we could we could do something very exceptional here with two more slams to go. Let's win them all, baby. Let's win them all. Oh, yeah, of course. Honestly, uh, <laughs> this, no, this is this is a, a goal. We're definitely going to try it. We're not giving up before even trying it. So if there is one team in the world who can try it now, it's us because no one else can do it this year. So... I think we should definitely go hard and give it a try. And if it happens, it's fantastic. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean we're not a good team anymore. Joel, I've got three kids and I'm giving them all a trucks hat for Christmas. They're all going to get one of those because it's working for you. Merry Christmas to you, Joel. Congratulations on just an unbelievable run that you guys are on. And uh, boy, you're going to bring a lot more people to the game right now doing what you're doing for Italy and, and every, everyone else in the game. Way to go, Joel. Thanks for coming on. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas to you all. Thanks, Joel. Well, there he goes, boys. Uh, I love that guy. I love that guy. I've, Kevin, sort of the perfect combination of of confidence and, and humility at the same time. And uh, I love his drive, right? When he said, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to, we're going to try and win five for sure. <laughs> um, what, what a breath of fresh air this guy is, eh, Kev? Eh? Yeah. Well, the hard work that they're putting in, you know, they're, yep. they're earning this uh, where they are, are in the world right now and curling and that's at the top. And, but it's not easy to, you know, it's not, it's certainly not easy to get to the top. It's more difficult to stay on the top. So that, and I think, I think Joel knows it. You can tell it in his right. voice. We're going to give it our best. We're going to, but he, he knows that now yep. everybody's chasing him. They're the ones with the target. They're all chasing him. Hot Rock Topics is normally on our show, but uh, today was a special show with our great guests. I love that guy, Rutornes. If you have work to do, Coyote has the tractors, UTVs, ZTRs, and compact construction equipment to do it. Coyote. We dig dirt. Uh, also, we want to thank uh, Hearing Life. If vision places the world in front of us, hearing places us at its center. Hearing Life invites you to love your ears with a free hearing test, and I got mine done. I'm going to be okay. No referral needed. Visit hearinglife.ca to book your free hearing test today. Uh, Kev, before I wrap the show, a lot of people don't understand. You don't just do this and nothing, uh, nothing else, although sometimes it appears that way. You got a store. You got a store to run. It's still how long has that store been going now? At the Savile Center. Oh yeah, no, at the at the Savile. Yeah, at the Savile Center. Yeah, it's been uh, thirty three years. It'll be thirty four years in May. Wow, Jimmy, it's yeah. almost as old as you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who you had a surprise visitor today? Did we ever? Thanks for asking about that. Yeah, <laughs> Jill Jill Witchen out of uh, the Austrian Austrian women's national curling team. Uh, they just got done Europeans, and uh, they're currently, they were in women's C, 
They're now in women's B, and they intend to fight their way up to women's A competition. And they're at the store, and uh, I love hearing, as you guys know, about how the sport is growing around the world. Daniela Jentsch uh, is helping their team. Um, and that's, of course, the, the, the German champion, Skip, for so long. She's involved with them. Um, it's a great story. And I, I said, you know, I asked them if they'd mind if I uh, talked about them a little bit on the podcast because I just love to hear new nations coming up and really working hard and trying to get to the top of the game like like our guest who in 2016-17, to Joel's point, Joel was, they were ranked 155 in the world. Here they are at the top. And, you know, uh, Jill was in the store and, you know, they're they're ready to fight their way up too. Fantastic. Way to go, girls. If you've never been to the Savile Center, you got to drop in there, man, and see that place. It's just incredible. Merry Christmas to everybody. And thank you to everyone involved in the show, including, uh, we're going to let him say hi. It goes unnoticed. Mike Rogerson is the guy who puts all this together, produces the show. He, he emails everyone and the guests gets it all together. And so if that isn't enough work, he's got to edit these things after. <laughs> after you. Yeah, after me. Uh, say hi, Mike. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a blast being a part of the show. Glad I can be involved. And Jim, thanks to you, especially for making sure I've always got lots of work to do. <laughs> Keep him employed. <laughs> and to all the gang at Sportsnet, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you, the, the listener, and Rod Paulson, who does all our social media stuff. Join our Facebook group. Check out the Facebook page. It's it's very lively. Also, drop us an email, insidecurling at gmail.com. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Oh my God. Uh, Merry Christmas, Warren. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Kevin. Yuletide carols being sung by the choir. Thank okay, you, the good listener, <laughs> for tuning in. Okay, boys. Thanks, Jim. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, you guys. See you in 2024. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Take it easy. Best of the season to everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs>